You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpas on Equal Vision Records and Sound Talent Media. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. This week, we have Sam Corton from the Bobby Lees. This is a band I had not heard about until it was sent to me, but this band is fucking fantastic. They are so ferocious and raw. I love it. Uh, it's incredible music. The lyrics are amazing. The delivery is amazing. Uh, I really, really dig this band, and I think you guys will as well. Sam is also an accomplished actor and uh, some amazing films that she's been in, and it's just a super interesting person. She's not huge into technology, um, you know, moved out to a cabin in in New York. Like, uh, something that's really inspiring to me is her ability to just shut things off uh, and, and not necessarily walk away from them, but just decide what's important in life and put that out there. And, and I really, um, am inspired by that. So you guys need to check out the Bobby Lee's. They're incredible. Uh, I think you guys are really going to love this chat. Uh, I had a blast doing it and, uh, yeah, let's get some business out of the way and we'll jump right in. So rockabilia.com peer 15 is the code. Uh, if you want to save 15% off your order on over 500,000 officially licensed items from bands, uh, band merch at rockabilia.com. Use the code PEER15 and and uh, get yourself a discount on some band merch. Uh, PeerPleasurePod at gmail.com is the email if you want to get in touch with me. PeerPleasurePodcast.com is the website. Everything is there if you want to give that to someone that hasn't heard the show, all the episodes, all the contact info, everything's there on the website. And uh, if you don't want to share the link to the show, you can just send them to the website to 
to find that out. We also have the Peer Pleasure Podcast Inner Circle Facebook group, uh, which you can search on Facebook and we'll let you into that. And we also have the premium service, which is peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm. That gets you access to the videos of the episodes, the past cast that I do with some other podcasters uh, semi-regularly, and uh, also the ad-free feed. So if you don't like listening to all the ads on the episode, uh, you can go sign up there and you get the ad-free feed and listen to it without. So uh, guys, I'm going to jump into this one. This was a rad episode. Uh, I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Sam Corton from the Bobby Lees. Hey, Sam, how are you? How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Pretty, pretty well here. Thanks for having me. Of course. Do you want to do video or no video? I love. It's easier for me to focus if I am just listening to you. Is that cool? That's absolutely fine. I'm just going to turn mine off. That way uh, uh, it's not totally weird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's... Uh, it's yeah, I don't I don't release the video, so it doesn't matter either way. Okay. Um I, I think Monica probably told you that, but um eventually we're gonna start doing YouTube content, but I just I'm not into it right now. Um okay. it's just another thing to have to manage um aside from what we're actually doing, which is the important part, I feel. Um, more so than the the video. Yeah. Um anyways, I and I appreciate the reschedule on this. Uh oh no worries, yeah. I don't know what I had, but I, I had a cold and everything was good. And then the morning of, I had three other interviews too, that same day and I couldn't even speak. And then it was gone two days later. It was super weird. weird. Um, anyway, I appreciate the reschedule very much. Cause I've, I've been stoked to do this one since Monica sent me the record and, and, uh, yeah, that was my first hearing of you guys. So, um, which happens a lot with Monica. <laughs> surprisingly where, where are you out of i'm in portland oregon portland okay cool yeah are you you're in new york yeah okay perfect um yeah i i just i she sends me so much music i've never heard um and i'm, I'm really grateful to that because she's turned me on to a lot of great stuff such as such as what you guys are doing so um yeah i i i'm curious um did you guys just go to europe 
We were there. We got back in shit. I don't the end of July. We we did five weeks. Um, that was our second time over there. We also went in the fall last year in October. Okay, interesting. So, yeah. I was the, the the bio is very interesting for one one uh, piece, which is it basically says you guys were A and R to Epicac from Henry Rollins. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> and so random. He's got that radio show and yeah. I I totally can see you guys on that radio show. It it's just got so much Yeah, uh, he's been really feel. really supportive. He's played us a, a few times on there, which is which is awesome. Awesome. Well, how did you guys how did you guys get together? Like what what have you always been into music or or you do acting as well, right? Yeah, I, I've always um, been into it, um, but I, I never, I wanted to do it, but I really, I had like a lot of fear issues and um, just didn't think I could do it. You know what I mean? And, um, and then I went through some stuff and after it was kind of like, fuck it. I, I feel like a calling. I'm supposed to do something. I'm supposed to try. Uh, so I met them when I had moved to Woodstock, I was living in Brooklyn for a little, um, and I moved to Woodstock and met this guy, Albert D. Fiore, who was a local producer. He's now in Nashville. And he, um, I played him some of the stuff I'd been writing and he introduced me to Mackie and Kendall from the rock Academy there. And, um, and that's how, that's how we met. And I, I, Nick didn't come in until, so that was in 2017. Mm -hmm. And then Nick came in at the end of 2017. We, we recorded our first record, um, with this guy, Chogi Lama, um, this kid in town, and he, he wasn't really into the music, so he just kind of did it. But Kendall and Mackie, I, I, you know, we decided we wanted to like do this thing. So we, got um kendall's to be stepbrother nick uh to join okay so and that's yeah interesting so did you grow up in new york state i grew up between new jersey with my dad and new york with my mom okay so somewhat kind of close back together and forth a bit yeah it's close but i had never been to woodstock before it was a weird just a freak kind of I had no idea what brought me there. I mean, now I think it was to join, to form this project. <laughs> but at the time I really was like, what the fuck am I doing? I, I didn't have a job at the time. I kind of took a break from acting. I got a job at, uh, this pancake house in Phoenicia, which is a, like a one block town in upstate New York and did that for a full year before, um, before I met the band and stuff. So, Yeah. So kind you of, kind of lost for for a bit there, yeah. Yeah, that's an that's an interesting uh, transition. To so you you moved from you moved from New York to Phoenicia, and then uh, to no, Woodstock. I, 
no, everything's kind of like Phoenicia's 20 minutes from Woodstock and there's a bunch of little towns around there. I, I rented, uh, there was a cheap log cabin in West Shokan that I went with my boyfriend at the time and we rented and there was no, West Shokan was pretty. There wasn't much around at the time. It was just this chicken farmer across the street. And it was, it was a cool trend. It was definitely a bizarre transition from a city to then just, us and this guy across the street, but, um, it was, uh, needed and it was, it was a good, a good thing. And at that time I was still like really freaked out about playing in front of people. And someone I met upstate told me to read this book called the artist way by Julia Cameron. And I did it. It's like a 12 week kind of creative 12 step program thing. And I, did that. And then it helped me like get over my fear of playing in front of people. And then, uh, yeah, there is so much interesting stuff here (laughs) already (laughs) that I'm just fascinated by moving to a log cabin from, from the city to a log cabin across the street from a chicken farmer. Well, I had a goal, which was to make my own record in this house. So I attempted to do it by myself in this little room that I, you know, I read about how to soundproof it and this, and I got it all, everything you need, like the basics and everything I recorded sounded so (laughs) shitty. It just sounded so bad. I was like, what am I doing? Um, and, uh, and then I, 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 yeah, I finally, accepted I needed help. I needed like people that could really play. Cause I can, you know, get by, but I'm not like Kendall and Mackie and Nick or, um, I'd call them like real musicians where I don't know if I'd call myself that, um, where they just have a knowledge, like, um, a, a wide, a wider knowledge than I do. Mm-hmm. Like I can play something very basic, like a few, notes and and kendall has the ability to flush it out and understand all the options available whereas i'm i'm kind of bare yeah that makes complete sense the someone that knows the rules of music and how things fit together versus uh the person with the creative spark that that can generate sounds that uh, i guess uh, and i'm just i'm i'm speculating but you know when someone can hear sounds and songs in their head but can't necessarily technically play what it is but yeah. can get the idea down and then someone with the the technical prowess can come in and layer over that but that that basic idea comes from you yeah that's incredible that's a, that's a perfect situation because then you can you can absolutely be free to create what you want and 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 you get that idea out it's 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 what people are doing now with computers and stuff with all these things that they can put a general idea into and then clean it up put it on time, quantize it and all that stuff, but you're doing it in a more organic way, which really resonates through in the actual music. I mean, the music is incredibly freeing. Like that's the, that's the feeling I get is just like this freedom. When I listen to it, uh, I, I listen to music in a weird way. Like I listen to as a musician myself, I listen to it in track form basically where I'm, I'm pulling everything out, but the, in separate in my mind it's like on this grid but what you're doing mm-hmm. really brings back like the primal feel um you know i i i don't get super often and i really appreciate that about what you do like it's i can kind of shut my mind off a little bit and just experience almost like you know when you see something live uh it hits differently um mm-hmm. it's that feeling but in my headphones which is really nice and and um 
it really it really comes through that way i don't know if that's what you're going for but it really does like it's just no, I, so love, I love that, that that's your experience of it that's that's cool it's just the raw. I don't know if I was intentionally hope I wasn't like intentionally going for that, but I love that that's what's happening. Cause I mean, my favorite stuff, um, I definitely feel like it turns my brain off in a very healthy way. Um, yeah. And, and I'm not like, if I really like it, I'm not dissecting everything. I'm just experiencing it. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it's also the human element to it where it's, there's there's like uh um I'm trying to think how to explain it the right way the the human element to music where you listen to stuff nowadays of course everything a lot of stuff's to a grid a lot of stuff's extremely technical and and everyone's trying to show off how how hard how crazy riffs they can write right like it's mm-hmm. it takes away the human element i think that human element that swing that 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 um uh, you know, speeding up, slowing down, like the, the, it's elastic. That, that part really, uh, allows me to relax into it. Not, I wouldn't even say relax, but relax my mind. Um, cause it, you know, some songs really, you know, put me on edge. Some, it, it makes me feel things. And that's really what does, it. I'm sure that's what happened, uh, with Rollins, we, hearing it and putting it, putting it, uh, to Ipecac. Like it's, it's whenever I listen to that radio show, if a lot of times it's a band I've not heard of and it's something that makes me feel whether it's something that makes me upset, makes me sad, <laughs> makes me happy. It's it's all, you know, like some of that noise stuff, like the the uh I think it's wolf eyes makes me physically upset when I listen to it, but it I appreciate that because it makes me yeah. feel. And I'll listen yeah. to it over and over again, whether it makes me mad or not. Um that's, that, that's cool to hear that you felt it with this. Cause I wasn't sure if, um, that human thing would still come across because this was our first time recording digitally, like the first two records we did on tape and mixed mm-hmm. on tape. So this one we did at Vance Powell's studio, which he does have the ability to do tape, but we just for time's sake. And it was kind of, you know, I was letting him lead with how to record it. Cause we were in his, his church and, um, it, uh, I, I was happy with the sound of it. I, I still felt it felt real to me, even though it was, you know, not tape. So it, it hits way harder than the others. I'll tell you that right now. Like it hits. That's harder. all Vance. That's just, I mean, maybe our writing improved, but I think it's mostly Vance. He, 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 um, he's just got those tricks. He knows what's what he's doing. Yeah. But he's capturing you. Like he's capturing what you do. He's just capturing it on a better, uh, maybe a better mic or a better, you know what I mean? It's still what you're doing that he's capturing. It's that ferocity and vulnerability that he's capturing. Um, you know, it's like a good photographer, like that you're still the image, but he captured it in a different light. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. He also uh, gave us, he gave us more time, which was like, uh, we had always needed to rent a studio the first two times. So it was very quick. We had to record the full album in two to three days. Um, but at his place, he let us do a song a day, mm-hmm. which was amazing, which was such a gift. So we got to, I feel like the songs are a little more complete than the old stuff because we got to give it that time. And like, we got to revisit some stuff, which was, which was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, so the album's called Bellevue. 
And mm -hmm. I and I usually don't, and to be completely honest, I usually don't read the bios before this because I like to kind of go in cold and discuss things. But after hearing the music, I went back and 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 dug up the emails from Monica and kind of read through. And it was saying you, you lived real close to Bellevue uh, Mental Hospital. Mm -hmm. And that that was either that time period or that that um, proximity was the inspiration to some of the lyrics on this record or the the overall feel of this record. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Yep. What uh talk talk to me about that. Well well let's jump back for a minute. Like you said you were you were nervous about playing in front of people on stage and you went through Yeah. What was the book called again? Uh The Artist's Way the by Artist's Julie Way. Cameron. Okay. What was it what was she, it in she, that James Cameron's ex wife. Um like the, the one, film director James Cameron. So she's the okay. Wait a minute. So this I rem this brings back a memory of watching her win an Oscar instead of him. Not Linda Hamilton. Linda not, Hamilton. Not okay. Different. Not her. A different wife. <laughs> wait a minute. No, she didn't. She do Hurt Locker. That's Catherine Bigelow. Also another a wife. One. Yeah, I'm actually looking it up. Jesus on Christ! I am way off. Never mind. That memory um, is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I just, oh wow she's married to martin scorsese too i didn't know that good lord um i try not to look up maybe i invent wait hold on maybe i invented that she was married to james cameron <laughs> maybe it was just maybe i confuse it with martin scorsese so re retract that from the even i better. try not to look things up about people online because in case i meet them i it, i find it creepy to like know things about people before i've met them so anyway if i ever meet her i'll pretend i don't know that no i agree um, with that i agree with that a lot <laughs> i don't know why i just did that while we, were, <laughs> while we were talking but i did i confess i did it um so I'm sorry. What were you saying? Well, what was what was it about that? You know, like, what was the big epiphany from that 12 step program that that resonated with you the most that got you? Or was it each step incrementally or was there one big moment that was like, this makes sense or this, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm interested it was, in that. It was. Yeah, I could break down the process. I, I haven't thought about it like this, but I think I can. Um, the beginning part was basically getting out of kind of your old way of thinking any and your environment like people around you if they don't encourage you if they're not rooting for you she calls them creative monsters so like you would write down a list of people that just because I, I had a couple of those in my life of just not encouraging i might send them something and they would be like yeah that sucks and um and so i kind of removed those people from my life and then um the, the a big theme was it's your job to do the work, not judge it. Like you're not allowed to have an opinion on your own work at this stage. Just do it. Just show up and do it. Like just try. And you had to write this thing out um, of said God, you take care of the and God could be anything. It could be the universe, whatever you believe mm -hmm. in a tree, anything. Um, and, but she used the word God and she said, God, you take care of the um, quality, I'll take care of the quantity. And you're supposed to put that on the wall. And, and then that's, I put it up where I'd sit and write. And, um, and yeah, I think that was the biggest part of just, um, it's your job to do it, not judge it because that was always, I would try to write songs and then just 
kind of sabotage myself and say, this sucks, this sucks. And I think you, you have to suck in the beginning. I mean, at least for me, I'm sure there's some people that come out and just are incredible. Um, but I, I don't, I thank God the first few times I played, nobody filmed it. Cause I'm sure it was, I, I don't know, but, um, it made me, it would also have like these little exercises of trying new things, just basically getting out of your own way and getting out of your head to like, I had to do an activity of going to an open mic. And I was, I remember hysterically crying in the bathroom of that log cabin house and like, I can't do it. I'm going to suck. And I got there. It's these like old dudes, everyone's 80. And it's this funny little open mic in Phoenicia where not an open mic. I'm sorry. It's called a picker circle. And these guys are sitting around playing and I went and played and sang a little, and I was just so scared. But then after that, I did another one. And then I did a couple open mics and then I felt ready to share with the one person I'd met in town so far to play him some of my stuff. So it was a process of getting comfortable with sharing. And then, yeah. Where, yeah. where did that uncomfortableness come from with sharing? Was, was that from much earlier, like your whole life? I don't, I, you know, I asked my parents that cause um, someone asked that. Um, uh, and apparently when I, I don't remember much stuff when I was really little, but apparently I was into musical theater and that kind of stuff. And then when my parents split up when I was about seven, I stopped doing all that stuff. So, and I got very, I think from then into like 11, 12, I got really just uncomfortable and I just started feeling, um, really wrong, like off. Uh, and that's when I discovered alcohol. And that was, um, like the, the beginning of, um, it was great for a while. And then I, I became, I had developed a problem pretty quickly. Um, and then some drugs came into it and, and that led to a mental breakdown, um, from the amount of alcohol and stuff I was consuming. And, and that was around the time when I had my first, um, apartment and was living around the Bellevue place. Uh, and it lasts about nine months that kind of like psychotic thinking. Um, and it was intense and then I quit drinking and it went away. So I haven't had a drink since that period of time. Um, so some of the stuff, uh, like lyrically comes from that place. And at the time it was, it was, um, uh, a nightmare, but now looking back, it's, it's fun to tell stories from that time, like draw from the real things that happened, mm -hmm. um, and, and make something with it. So, so yeah. you, th there's a lot there. I, I, uh, so you, I, I quit, uh, drinking cold Turkey myself. Did, did you quit cold Turkey? Like just, just said I'm yes. done. Okay. I, yes. same thing, same thing, found alcohol, similar time, uh, uh, so this is speaking to me right now, but, um, so were you, when you were that, I mean, that's a young age to, and I grew up in Alaska and so people weren't really paying attention to anything that was going on. So it's pretty easy to start using alcohol mm -hmm. very young and, and, um, and experimenting, uh, but parents split up, everything changes. You're going back and forth between them. Uh, yeah. like you were saying, was it easy to hide that from them at that age going back and forth where maybe 
both of them were never really fully engaged maybe in what's going on is since when I, I don't know the the frequency of, of going back and forth like here for two weeks here for two weeks or here for a month here for a weekend like um, my my um my mom likes to drink a lot she doesn't listen to podcasts so she'll never hear this um but she's a lovely lady but she um she's a big drinker so as soon as i was like 14, 15, I was allowed to be drinking with her and in the house. And oh, I, I honestly thought that that was like normal. Um, I thought that's what people do, you know, every, you know, that's how an adult like, uh, relaxes at the end of the day, um, mm-hmm. or something. Cause she worked. Um, but yeah, so I didn't have to hide it. It was, um, I don't want to say encouraged, but it was a bonding thing for me, for my mom and I, okay. um, yeah. So it became of like a not a mom, a mother daughter, but a, a friendship sure. kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense. And and uh, so eventually this led to uh, a mental break, like you were saying. This 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 um, this period. Yeah, but, but it's weird because my my um, I wasn't around at the time when it happened. I wasn't seeing my parents um, and. And the people I was hanging around with were um, almost as crazy as I was, like really getting involved with like really bizarre, not in a fun, creative way, like in a kind of um, succubus kind of way, like just people that are just drinking and trying to be famous and just I don't know what the purpose of of it was. But I was in a weird mix of people. And um, when I had saw my mom for the first time in months, she, that was at that time, I didn't know this, but I was told I was like talking to myself and I was hallucinating a lot and not taking any, uh, hallucinogens. So that was mm-hmm. an interesting, weird, uh, thing. Um, and she had picked when it got really bad and it wasn't going away. She had um, picked out a long-term facility in California. I didn't know that this was happening because at the time, at least the kind of crazy I I experienced, I didn't think I was crazy. I thought I was being given the keys to the universe. I thought I was tapped into some kind of channel and I was getting too much information. I couldn't handle it all. And, and I really thought I was on to something. Um, and then, and then it started to crack and break down. And I, and I saw that something wasn't okay because I tried to hurt a couple people physically. I'm like really, uh, lucky that I didn't by accident, like kill someone or myself. And, and, um, anyway, she was going to send me away to this. I didn't know that that this was going on. And then she was watching, like monitoring me kind of. And, uh, and when I stopped, it it was like the first kind of like, I mean, I think that there's been many miracles in my life, but the first one that I, that I was conscious of when I got sober was this, cause I stopped drinking right when she was about to send me away. And it was bizarre. It just lifted. I, I, I didn't, I always drank every day and then it stopped. And in a few weeks, um, I was like, not even a few weeks, less than that. I don't remember cause time felt very bizarre then, but I stopped, I was told I stopped talking to myself. I kind of normalized and, um, and then she ended up not sending me away. So yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting time. Um, but it's, yeah. Yeah. incredibly fascinating um it's incredibly fascinating that when those things happen 
you know where they come from where they go where they end up like it's it's such a unique place to be for everyone that goes through that kind of thing but uh did she have you had that kind of experience or yeah i i i would i the hallucinations and stuff like if i was drinking for you know days on end where it would be mm-hmm. I, you know i was a touring musician for 12 years so like we everything was free like it was yeah. here you go oh what, you, what band were you in uh portugal the man oh shit and uh damn that's a big band well they that's are now cool. <laughs> when i was with them i left in 2000 uh 2007 yeah 2007 okay. i left so okay. way before the grammy way before the explosion like it was they were very big in europe and pretty okay. decent sized in the US, but it was not like it is now. Um, and we grew up together and it, lifelong friendships there. But, um, you know, we'd sell out a, you know, a, a 1500 seater or whatever. And they're like, oh, here's mm-hmm. another bottle of, of Johnny Walker. Yeah. And it's, there's, you know, just sitting on the table when you get back, you have no, you don't have to answer to anybody you don't have to i mean everyone around you is a yes man so you just say mm-hmm. oh, oh cool all right we're doing this now and then you're whisked away to the next place mm-hmm. it's incredibly dangerous uh mm-hmm. lifestyle and so i mean i there's times that i i woke up once on the side of a freeway and i don't know how <laughs> i got there and yeah uh like you know <laughs> like uh yeah. weird stuff but the hallucination thing um, I would, I would fabricate in my head experiences that happened that didn't happen. And then they would become like permanent memories. It was super huh. weird, uh, where I'd recall a story and everyone there was like, that did not happen. I was like, I can see it in my mind, like that it happened. Wow. Um, so it was weird. It was like implanting these weird little delusions into real stories that when I got sober, like it was, it was, uh, they were like memories like they had happened it was weird they stayed there um but never never got to the point of of um i mean of course self-harm just from you know beating yourself up over uh and feeling invincible it was never like Mm -hmm. a suicidal ideation or anything like that it was always just you know hey let's go see what happens if i jump down the staircase or you know just stupid stuff um but the the uh the the weird part was was just kind of like getting out of it, like just deciding to stop and then kind of seeing what all changed everything made a lot more sense even with those weird memories um but that's why some of this resonates with me with what you're talking about the situation you were in uh mentally um because you can absolutely hallucinate from from years of alcohol abuse and, uh, it, it's it's weird though because I did like after it happened when I came out of it I was really at first I was just like dead uh, like just kind of like someone that's been put through that electroshock therapy just like a mm-hmm. just a, yeah but then after I got really curious and um, like really wanted to know what the hell happened because it lasted nine months and then I started reading about spiritual quests and things that can be like a birthing cycle like that. And I, then I got a little confused, like maybe it was, maybe parts of it were real. Um, I don't think I'll ever know, but there were, I definitely think it was supposed to happen because after, right after that's when I got the courage to um, try doing the stuff that I was always too scared to do. Like it just, I needed that to happen 
And now there's been things like, like visualizations or things that I saw then that have happened now. So there was something going on, but I, it wasn't some, you know, clear spiritual journey because I was fucked up. Mm -hmm. I was like really fucked up. So, um, all the time. So I guess I'll never know. Maybe when I die, I'll find out. But, um, but, but, and then I got into Aldous Huxley and found that book, the doors of perception and how the brain on its own can produce, you know, can have the ability to hallucinate without hallucinogenics. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm still, I'm still, uh, seeking here, but not obsessed with it. Like I was when it finished, I was a, a bit obsessed. And now I'm, you know, I, most days I don't think about it. Um, yeah. but I am into like alternate reality literature, um, and, and, and fiction writers like that. Yeah. There's a, there's a, I just had, um, uh, there's a band called Holy Fawn that just put out a record called dimensional bleed. And we were getting into that discussion of, of, of dimensions bleeding together and, and, and overlapping and deja vu and all these, mm-hmm. these concepts that are super fascinating. And, um, you know, I think, and, and this is, this is of course just my opinion, but, um, you know, with these hallucinations and things like that and, and things you're seeing seems like they're already in your head they were just able to come out maybe because other things were silenced or, or dulled down to allow them to come over the top, which maybe they would have eventually come out. Maybe not, but, but dulling the rest of the senses enough to let the mind breathe for a second, even though it was in, in, uh, inhibited Mm -hmm. could absolutely bring things that were already there out. And, and maybe some of those things for some people, especially aren't ready for that. Uh, can't handle that and a lot of people yeah. can lose their mind because they they're yeah. seeing things it's it's crazy that we're walking around with something in our head that's so powerful that it completely can talk us into self-destructing it can talk mm-hmm. us into anything it can talk us out of anything it's this all-powerful mm-hmm. organ that yeah. that has <laughs> we're not capable of handling its true power so it's just yeah. dulled down all the time. And, and when you see into those back doors and, and, and r- little rooms of, of the things that are in your head, it can, it mm. can ruin you, but it can also yeah. create something that others can grasp onto so hard, you know, with these people that, that take over groups of people and, and the whole cult thing. And, yeah, you know, that charisma paired with, the fanatical uh ideologies that people are like oh fuck i can get into that dude i'm so lucky at that like i was i was the perfect victim for for a cult at that point when i came out of it and mm-hmm. i have had that thought of that is how those people get taken because when you're in that vulnerable state i mean i was willing to believe anything mm-hmm. and and um and i did have some experiences like with um one film director and with uh of just being when you're in that vulnerable state of just like, what is going on um, or not having a sense of self. Cause there's so mm-hmm. much change and transition going on. Um, and yeah, being just kind of, yeah, it's someone can absolutely sway your mind. Um, which is creepy to me that people exist that that's like the last thing I'd ever want to do to a human being is I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to have any power or manipulation over anybody. Um, 
but yeah, but it's. But yet yeah. you're fronting a band. I, I, know, <laughs> I know, but not. I mean, uh, before I go out on stage, I I really pray for uh, courage, and I I always say like in the name of all the people I love and hope that like their energy will come into me because me, Sam, like I don't feel that I can do it. Um, or yeah, but I, so I kind of call upon and whether that's happening or it's just in my mind, it makes me feel, it gives me something to, to go and do it. Cause before we go, we, we play, I really just want to go home and lay in bed and like eat macaroni and cheese or something. <laughs> that's kind of my state before we're about to play. It's like the last place I want to be. Yeah. And then that kind of push. And then I usually feel really good when it's, when it's over. Almost yeah. afraid of your, afraid of your own creation. That's super interesting. That's super interesting that the, yeah. Do you want to, you just want to go home uh, <laughs> instead of, of what you're, you're there to do is. But that, I mean, that could also be because we're at, you know, like you said, at clubs and there's alcohol and there's everyone uh -huh. smoking weed, everyone's drink, you know, drinking. Mm -hmm. um, I loved, we played a show randomly at Rockefeller Center last week, which was just bizarre. Um, but it was really fun because it was in the daytime. There was no alcohol. There were just cookie. There was a cookie truck. I just got to eat cookies and play the show and <laughs> be in bed by seven. It was awesome. Um, no, by like nine, but it was, um, yeah. So shows like that, I'm really into daytime shows. But, yeah. <laughs> I love that at Rockefeller Center, no less a daytime yeah. show with a cookie truck in New York City. Uh, I, it's bizarre that they started. A, it's this was the first year called Indie Plaza Fest. And you could tell by the way it was set up that they put a lot of money into it. And I asked, like, why is it like, why does Rockefeller center care about bands our size? I would think like Justin B they want someone like that playing at Rockefeller center. And I could be wrong, but I think it's because all these people have moved to Brooklyn and they're trying to make. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey. I want to tell you about some new releases coming up from Equal Vision Records. As you guys know, Equal Vision Records is my family, and so are these bands. I really want you to check these out. We've got Hot Water Music with their 10th studio album, Vows, out May 10th, featuring guest appearances by Dallas Green of City and Color, Thrice, The Interrupters, and Brendan and Daniel from Turnstile. See them on the 30th anniversary tour with Quicksand in the States in May and June and Europe in November. Hotwatermusic.com for more info. We also have Be Well with their new 7-inch, A Tap I Can't Turn Off, out now. First new music in two years from this band. This band is incredible, featuring members of Battery, Bane, Darkest Hour, and Fairweather. See them on tour with I Am The Avalanche in June. Equalvision.com for more info on that. And just your general information on Equal Vision Records, you're always going to find something you like at Equalvision.com. Go there for vinyl and merch from all of your favorite bands. Check out Hot Water Music's new record and Be Well's new 7-inch now.
What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, they have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working, as most people are, online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, you can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the Passcast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the Passcast. The Passcast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. 
So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of, of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month. Cause I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. Manhattan cool or something. And then I was verified this guy with rough trade records who helped put it on basically said that they're trying to make midtown cool. Um, mm. so that's what they're doing there. But anyway, I'm going off course here. Interesting. I'm in a, I'm in a chatty mood this evening. This is great. That's what this is all about. That's why we're on a podcast. Cool. It's all about that connection. I mean, this thing goes where it goes and it's gone to some weird spots over the years and uh, some great spots and some awful spots. And, and uh, it's just, it, it is what it is. It's just, a uh, we're jamming right now. We're just doing it uh, without instruments. Verbally. Verbal, yeah. verbal jamming. That's a, it's a terrible name for a podcast. So that's what I should have called it is verbal the jamming. Verbal jam. The yeah. verbal, verbal picker circle or what, what was it? Picker circle? Is that what you said yeah. that was? Yeah. yeah. That's insane. Uh, so, well, we were talking about the, the whole like hallucinating and what the, the power of the mind, but um, there's something to be said about energy as well. And we're talking about living so close to Bellevue and, and the energy of that building and what it's yeah. seen over the years. Like I feel, do you feel the same way where you get, you've toured a lot. So you, like you get to a certain place, um, mm -hmm. a place maybe where there was, um, you know, a, a, a mass event in war yeah. or like, a um, the, just like albums, I feel, things get imprinted on you know i absolutely i don't believe in i'm not a religious person by any means but i believe in the energies and mm -hmm. you know someone i've talked about it with guitars like someone's guitar that they played so much that it wore the wood down and then you pick it up and you're playing those same notes and feeling that it, it's in that mm -hmm. wood when you get to some of these locations and you walk through them or stand in front of them and just kind of take a deep breath you can feel the magnitude in, in my opinion you can feel the magnitude of of what happened there and even Definitely. if you didn't know something happened there you feel it i get i get physically sick when i go to that area um like i i don't go there anymore but i used to I had been sober and, and visited by there and I, I got the worst panic attack I've ever had in my life. Now I don't have them anymore for the last few years. I've been, I went to therapy. I've been doing some like natural ways to not like, I tried acupuncture stuff to like reduce that kind of like manic energy. But anyway, um, yeah, I felt if a certain place like that, I, but at the time when I was living there, and in that space, I thought I was communicating to people in there telepathically. Um, like I thought they were sending me messages. I, mm -hmm. yeah, I was, uh, yeah. It's not but, far um, off. That's not a far-fetched idea. Like you, it really isn't. Like I think in our lifetime, they're going to figure out how to do that. 
like mass market telepathy where where you can basically sit in a room with someone and pass your thoughts around which is going to be terrifying oh god but yeah. they're already talking about it they're already talking about oh, this technology man. and being able to move things with your mind you know like then they, that's how they get the chips in us you know yeah that's a it, i know it's a little <laughs> woo woo but like the no no i'm no i'm serious i've totally um i'm one of my favorite books is 1984 by george mm -hmm, orwell and mm -hmm. i um and uh yeah i'm with you but i think i think there's something to be said about i don't think that was an out of your mind kind of thought that you were being mm -hmm. sent messages or feelings you know that energy radiates i mean you see the the just having you look at stuff like and this is going all over the place but like you look at like during covid when during the lockdown like they're already talking about what the vibration changes of not having traffic every day going to work mm. was going to do to the sea and the the seismic activity of the world because everything vibrates everything is humming all the time and if you don't have all those tires hitting the road every day like just our impact on the planet yeah changes the weather it changes everything and just so you think about that many that many people that may or may not be more switched on than the average person which may be why some people are in there because some people don't understand where they're coming from. And, you know, but then also all the awful things that happened throughout the years with that, uh, with mental health and, and the whole shock therapy and these awful things. Um, I don't think it's that far fetched to think that there's some energy crossing over being so close yeah. to something like that and just seeing it, knowing what's going on or what you've seen, what you believe is going on in there, just looking at it. I mean, it can start to, get these feelings like you said having panic attacks and shit yeah it's wild i i this is a super interesting thought um yeah i also that's why i kind of wanted to move to the woods mm -hmm. um because yeah i i got peaceful i it kind of cleared the noise um and yeah i'm all about trying to find um that kind of clear thing I, I don't know if that makes any sense but um it does like I, got, I got rid of my smartphone a couple years ago which was awesome i i really love not having that but um just to like reduce noise but it suddenly i, I don't have that many friends anymore <laughs> uh, i just have my band and my partner and uh people you know i only do phone calls now no texting i don't none of that people are funny it's interesting they like the noise. Everyone's kind of gotten used to the noise and yeah. all this stuff. And you're so, always yeah. the outlier when you break away from that, when everyone has uh, everything at their fingertips. But I saw, you know, what was interesting when we were in the UK, I was at a gym working out one morning and BBC was on and they were talking about the, this movement happening in the UK with this thing called the light phone. And, and some people came on talking about, they felt like they were becoming addicted to their smartphones and, and they interviewed people, how long they spend on him and people were getting freaked out. So this guy invented, it's only available there. Um, but this phone that only does calls, um, there's no emails, no texting. You have to like go to a computer laptop when it's time to work to do that. But, but it also told, it had the time you could make a phone call and it gave you directions like GPS directions. Cause now people are so dependent on that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I thought that was interesting. I was like, okay, maybe one day UK. 
Uh, maybe it'll come over here, but we'll see. It's possible. It's possible. You felt that freedom, though. You still feel that freedom being being away from that. Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. If I wasn't doing I mean, something was a, like it, this, yeah. I wouldn't uh, like a show like this where I'm like booking and doing all these things all the time. I yeah. would tr throw it in the trash. I wouldn't have social media at all. Like I have very very little social media. I just have it for the show, but I don't. I would just toss it. Like, I, I really feel yeah. like I would love that. Yeah. I don't have any, I don't have Facebook or Instagram or any of that stuff. Um, and, uh, I mean, creatively it's, it's really great for me. And just for my mind, like I read, like I found this author, I like Murakami and I'm starting the 10th book of his only because I'm not staring. I mean, I had one. I, you're just like sitting on the toilet looking at nothing. I'm like, what am I doing here? I'm just staring at my screen in my notes, just reorganizing my notepad or something. Mm -hmm. I think there's something in the light. This is, I could be totally wrong here, but I think there's something in whatever the crystals are or the, um, whatever makes that glass or that tile or the light, it's like something with our eyes. We can't help, but look at it. Even if we're not even looking at anything, it's like addicting. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if they designed it. That I, I don't, I don't, I don't know, but it's, um, it freaks like when, if you see a little kid or a baby, they gravitate towards it way. It's way more transfixing than, you know, I don't know, a, the grass or, or a tree or it's just, mm -hmm. it's, it's scary to me. But anyway, I won't take up all your time talking about how I feel about that stuff. This but. is, this is what this is for. This okay. is what this is for. You'll know this is not, uh, your typical podcast where it's focused on, you know what I mean? Like it's, it, we talk about, music we talk about a lot of things but like this so this like brings me to that allegory of the cave uh uh story have you heard that where i forget the philosopher that was talking about it but it's it's basically like these guys are chained to these rocks in a cave and they're facing a wall and behind them is a fire and all these people are coming and going from the cave. And so all these people have seen their entire life basically is these shadows on the wall of the cave. Mm. And so one of them makes it out of the cave and sees a tree, sees the sky, sees a mountain, sees whatever, and comes back to tell them about it. And they didn't believe it whatsoever because what they know is, is mm -hmm. what was on those walls. And it's, it's, uh, it's just it rings true there's there's a whole much, bunch more to it it's super interesting but um that kind of breaks through where the people that do break out like yourself that have that have put that down it's hard to connect with people that still have it yeah. and it's you're trying to tell them you know like i read this book oh yeah on your kindle no i had this book in my hand <laughs> you know and that author you mentioned that's in the that's on the record yeah, that was the first song where um, Strange Days, I had yeah. finished one. That was the first. So I, the first book I read of his was called. Um, oh, my God, I'm blanking right now. Oh, the Wind Up Bird Chronicle. And I'd only read it because this I was at this. Re anyway, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. But someone had told me that Patty Smith was. I'm a fan of hers and and that she recommended that book and said it was really great. So I checked it out and I loved it. 
And then when I finished it, I had also just seen this movie called Strange Days by Catherine Bigelow, the, the woman that did The Hurt Locker. Mm-hmm. Um, which Strange Days, is, have you seen that movie? No, I haven't. It's kind of in theme with with what we're talking about. I had neither until two years ago or a year and a half ago or whatever. Um, but it's um, before it was made before smartphones, but it's already like it feels like an a old version of Black Mirror. Um, and mm. it's um, it's pretty cool. I, I really enjoyed it. It's with Juliet Lewis and um, Liam Neeson and some other people. But basically how bad uh, technology gets for, for people, but, it, but it's fun. It's, it's not um, depressing. Um, I had fun watching it, but anyway, I watched that movie and just finished that book. And then I woke up and that song, I literally just woke up and grabbed a pen and wrote the whole song and came up with the, the notes and everything in, in a minute or two. And I recorded it and sent it to Kendall Um So I still, I'm not off the grid. I have a recording device. I I have a computer. I send, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. not uh, living totally off, but, um, and yeah. And she was like, this is a song. This is great. Um, And, and I was excited because that was the first time I had done the full thing like quick and had it. But I think it was because of that book I had read with comboed with watching that movie and just that kind of feeling. Yeah, I was just pulling up the lyrics for that. It's a it's a Murakami dream. We'll light the, a trash can fire, burn your memory. It's a Murakami dream. Take every telephone and smash in every TV screen. That's what I was remembering from the record. That the fucking oh, love it. I love it. It's awesome. Thanks. You've just got a. Yeah, there's just yeah. You've got something there. Like you you really do. And there's a lot of people that can that can front on stuff like that and try to to pass it by, but people can spot bullshit a mile away. And, and uh, you know, you've, you've got, you've got a lock on this where it's, I mean, it's so captivating what you're doing and, and uh, just uh, talking through these things really resonates with what I'm hearing sonically. Um, You know, the, the story behind it and like just the, just the thought process and the, the, the journey that you've been through so far, you know, it's, it really, I think, I think if people listen to this kind of stuff where, um, you know, discussing these ideas and these thoughts and then go listen to the record again, I think they're going to pick a lot more up than they would, um, without just cause it, it opens up all these doors and thoughts and you'll start picking out words more and, and, um, you know, just seeing also what's important to you, you know, what, putting all that stuff down and finding what's really important, finding yourself uh, getting sober and, and moving out of the city and getting back to basic human basics and then making this incredibly raw music. It just, it just makes sense. Yeah. I know I'm rambling, but. Uh, no, no, you're no, it's, it's the making me think about this book I just started called the earth has a soul. And it's, um, it's just a bunch of random clippings of Carl Jung's thoughts. And, mm, um, yeah, I've yeah. gotten really into him the last couple of years, like during COVID, there was so much time for reading and stuff. And, um, and he, 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 when I read him, I just feel like, damn, I got a lot of work to do. I just, I need to like get just to a fire and just be around, you know, exact, which is where I feel the best when I'm either by a fire or in the water. And, mm-hmm. um, and he says, um, I wish I had it with me right now, but, um, basically that like, he was talking about this years and years ago about how 
um, just dangerous this kind of advancement in technology is for just um, the soul of, of people. But the only way to combat that was to get quiet enough, like have the ability to access just a simple lifestyle so you can get back to this ancestral kind of instinct, like, like our ancestors that didn't have all these distractions. They were led by this gut instinct and this thing that went like, for me, when I got sober, I felt like I started to get that, like, Oh, this feels right. Or this doesn't feel right to guide me as opposed to looking around at everything else or, you know? Um, and so I don't, he just says that, yeah, to get to the woods or just, to in a quiet space where you can, it seems like a healthier way to live. So I'm trying for that, but I still, you know, we go on tour. I have to be around lots of stuff, but I'd love to be an old lady with just a little fire next to me. And yeah. Be, yeah. That makes complete sense. That may, and, and I'm thinking, so Carl, he wrote a book, I think it was called like on dreams or something like that. My mm -hmm. brother was very into him and I started picking up from him these stories and, 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 uh, these, these philosophies on things and, and like analyzing this stuff. And it's funny, you know, alcohol came about before smartphones and the internet, and that was a way to distract yourself from life back then. Mm -hmm. Uh, which is, which is interesting to think about because it, I don't know when it switched to where we wanted a distraction throughout history to where mm. it was like, I need to go find food now. I need to get warm now. Mm -hmm. uh, another concept, this is, I'll throw this out there just really quickly is, is thinking about what, what other species on the planet is not already uh, equipped to handle its environment where, you know, you don't see, uh, animals walking around with clothes on like they're already equipped you yeah. know they don't need they can survive they don't have to cook their food they can just eat it like there's all these things that kind of separate us a little bit in a weird way um but when did it shift to where we needed a distraction from what meant something like okay today i have to eat i have to find shelter i have to find i have to make fire and then i have to do it again when things opened up enough technology-wise, as primitive as it was, to where we could relax and then get bored and then try to distract. <laughs> I yeah. wonder when that shifted. And I, yeah. I'm just thinking of this now. Otherwise, That's interesting. Been more prepared. Yeah. yeah. But now we need that. And, and so being able to silence those things, going into finding a spot in the woods, like you said, find that quiet, find that peace. The woods is very noisy, but it's, it's sounds that are mm -hmm. organic. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, uh, you could tie an epicac to this. Mike Patton did that Bjork record, all the, the, the acapella beats and stuff on that Bjork record. Bjork made a record called Vespertine, which she basically took all sorts of tiny sounds with Matmos and had them amplify them. And that became the music. So all these little sounds you would normally just walk past, you know, a, a, a flower bud opening and like things that are super microscopic amplified those. And now I can listen to that record and I feel like I'm laying in the woods. Like, yeah. It, and it just overcomes what is that called? I've never heard that. Vespertine is the name Vespertine. of that record. And the one Mike did all the, 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 the whole record's basically acapella, him doing uh beatboxing and then uh, 
like he's doing he's doing beats he's doing the 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 uh melodies all that stuff for the music is called medulla, medulla. but um it's it's super, and you don't notice to like the third song that it's a voice huh but he's a cool i'll check those two out he's a I genius as you know but yeah, yeah vespertine matmos is the artist that uh she worked with they did like um they did a record with all surgery sounds um mm -hmm. all civil war like uh era kind of sounds and made records out of them but she had them do it on this vespertine record and take all these tiny sound walking across rocks and like amplifying it and that becoming the beat and it's genius um but it will overcome you because it sounds you know subconsciously just amplified it's crazy it's like cool. it's like being on drugs <laughs> <laughs> you know, it it's like microdosing where everything's just oh this water tastes a little better than it did and and this mm -hmm. is uh i can hear these these this rustling in the trees a little louder and the air smells sweeter it's that kind of that kind of um genius but uh anyways that's a, another whole tangent um mm -hmm. but yeah check those check those records out for sure they're mm -hmm. fascinating um but yeah i'm and, and one thing that was was kind of i know i'm i'm talking a lot here i'm really sorry it, it's all these things are coming it's up your in my show. mind you, well, you know whatever it, you want to it's do. my show but it's about you and that's where i i try to limit the amount of talking that i do but you're you're sparking all these things in my head um cool. but the kind of over uh the going through your story it seems like you've had a willingness to try try things whether it's a book like i'm gonna read this book and i'm gonna abide by what this book says and try it mm -hmm. like i'm going to you know like there's all these situations where you've taken from other things and like given them a chance which not because i'm some eager open-minded person it was out of pain that yeah. was kind of the driving i mean i usually have to be in so much pain it's excruciating i'm crawling out of my skin and then i'm like okay it's time to make a change <laughs> like before i started reading that book i when we first moved to the to the cabin I would go because there was no one around. I could go outside, ah, like scream so loud in the middle of the woods. I I was in a lot of pain. Um, and I think because I felt so paralyzed in creative fear, I don't know what it was, but um, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so it, I don't think I am this like, yeah, let's try it. Now maybe I become that way, but it, but at the time no i needed to that yeah that pain's a good motivator yeah absolutely i mean like what i was getting at is that that instead of just self-destructing you will try something you'll try and give it a shot mm -hmm. instead mm -hmm. of you know even at your last moment of 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 sanity we'll say okay let's try and dig out of this that that survivor spirit is more what i'm getting at in what I'm picking up from you and, and, uh, you know, not even, you know, getting, even getting to rock bottom, whatever the situation, not settling there. That's huge. Yeah. Um, and inspiring. And, and, um, I want to, I'm curious talking about like, before you play praying to, you know, uh, we, we did this thing, the drummer in Portugal, man. Uh, and I, he would always say, who am I tonight? 
uh, say John Bonham or oh, or cool. Neil Peart, and he'd be like, "All right, got it." And then he would go out there and just in his mind he would channel whoever we were talking about, and it was different all the time. But mm -hmm. he needed that to get on stage and do it. And then mm -hmm. he and I would lock in like you would. I I could just close my eyes and and needed no signals, and we could go through any kind of uh, any kind of um, music. Like it would just it would just click. Like it was the same person. It was interesting. But hmm. what do you feel? So you you want to go home and eat mac and cheese, be done with it. What do you feel when you're actually done and you are heading that direction? Do you feel relief? Do you feel like things are coming yeah, back? Relief, like like a t like I got wrung out, um, and uh, in a good way. Um, yeah, I feel really good. Usually, and unless it's a bad show or <laughs> one of those weird shows where you're like, what the hell am I doing with my life? <laughs> um, I've had those. Um, but no, the last the last few have been great. This Europe tour was was a bit. Uh, the first three weeks were awesome. We'd never done more than three weeks in a row together. So by that fifth week, it was rough. It was very rough internally uh, just like i also got it really sick like stomach sick where i was just puking at just really i i don't know if it was water i drank or what but i was it was like uh high 90s in italy we we're doing outdoor festivals and i'm like just running to the bathroom every minute it was bad oh my God. but uh but but that was you know that was just part of it. Um, mm -hmm. it's all, yeah, it's just, uh, I, I also don't sleep well when I play a show, like all that energy, like I'm praying to like, okay, little Richard, give me some energy. <laughs> and then, and then I wonder why I feel like I'm plugged into a light socket at the end of the show. And so sometimes I'll be up all night after, um, and then I don't sleep and then I feel hungover, even though I didn't drink. So that's, I'm trying to learn how to, not do that. Like when we do the daytime shows, I feel great. I can sleep because by the time it wears off, whatever that thing is, um, I feel like normal and I can go to bed, but on tour, it's just, I just feel kind of nuts, but not the old nuts. Like I'm not, I'm fine. I'm just like, you know, how you feel when you're on tour, I guess. Um, so yeah, has your, we're learning. Has your yeah? therapist given you advice on sleeping? I've so been I in therapy for a year and I'm just starting oh, cool. to figure things out. So I'm curious. I, I, I haven't been now in two years. Um, but I, uh, it, when we're not playing, I'm, I sleep like a baby. I'm, mm -hmm. I go to bed. I'll probably like really get in bed when this is over, which is about, um, it's a seven 30 here. Yeah. Um, but it's no, I'm told to, eat a banana, take a hot bath, drink some tea, like, you know, natural ways. My, in my mind, when I'm on tour for a while, that's when like the addict part starts of mm. this is where pills make sense. Like this is where someone just takes a fucking sleeping pill, but because of my story or my uh, addiction stuff, like I can't because I get addicted to those too. Mm -hmm. And so there's no out for me other than the natural way of just letting things run their course um, yeah, so I haven't, why do you have any tricks for that stuff after shows? I, I what I would do is, especially in the van, in the, in, uh, whether it was a van or bus, whatever it was, but I, 
you're always in there with other people. We would sleep in the van mm -hmm. a lot. It would always be someone that slept in the van anyway, just so no one would steal the trailer. Or, you know, you mm -hmm. wake up, even stay in someone's house. But there was this thing I would do where I'd just start at my toes. Like I would just close my eyes and I would clench my toes as hard as I could for like 10 seconds, 15 seconds, and then release it. And then I would start at my feet and ankles and work my way up from the bottom, mm. flexing them as hard as I could, you know, your calves even just like squeezing them as hard as you can, it, not with your hands, but like just making your yeah. calves tense and then releasing it and work all the way up to your face and, and your mm. forehead. And by then, you know, 10 minutes has passed. You've exhausted those muscles enough to where they're relaxed. And then I would just kind of drift off to sleep. Um, and that, wow, I'm going to try that. I'm I'm doing it while you're saying it, like I did my feet and my ankles, yeah. but I'll do it at night after a show. I'll try it. But cool. focus on them. Focus on focus on your toes. Focus on your knees. Like whatever you can do, give them the focus for that 10 or 15 seconds. And so your mind's not wandering. It's it's mm -hmm. It's got purpose. And then you're working your way and you're also checking in with your body anyway, which you should from time to time. But this in this case, you know, no mill, I'm the same thing, like addictive personality. It's funny to think that I've said it before, like it takes bravery to be sober and, and not have the crutch. You just go grab to, to forget about something or whatever. But it's also funny to think that you need like you, that you would need something like that anyway. It's like, it's, it's just real life and we have to deal with it as yeah. it comes and can't just turn it off. Um, yeah. But yeah, I would try that and see what if it works for you because it worked for me, um, and yeah, because that that adrenaline is just pumping, and especially if you you can't drink yourself to passing out, you know, which isn't restorative sleep anyway. Yeah, you know uh, that that really helped me, and that came through a therapist, uh, just having me um, lay on the couch and and guided me through it. Um. It's also something you could record yourself talking to yourself, telling, you know, going through that timeline and then just put it in your headphones and, mm -hmm. and have yourself guide you through or have someone else do it. Um, that can also help. That's why these sleep apps are so popular on your phone is is which you don't have. Um, but millions of people are signing up for these calm apps and, and where someone mm -hmm. talks you to sleep. Um, wow. It's super. I mean, it's basic stuff, stuff parents yeah. used to do to their kids. Yeah, yeah. They do it for adults because they're so amped up in their damn daily life yeah. that they can't shut it off. So they pay someone to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just it's it's slavery. It's it's awful. And I'm I'm so inspired by your story and and uh you know just knowing what you need and going for it. Um and and taking those steps it's really inspiring i think a lot of people are going to enjoy this one where you know it's something we haven't talked about in a long time is that that freedom and and uh just recognizing the noise and and getting rid of it and mm -hmm. and uh yeah you're incredibly inspiring sam i really i really awesome. uh, appreciate mm -hmm. you coming on and doing this and and taking the time and rescheduling and all that jazz um yeah thank you for spreading the word on the record and we appreciate it absolutely it's a great record uh absolutely great record it just hits so hard and and uh i think people are really going to dig it and and um yeah i just hope you i wish you all the success in the world and and uh continuing to find yourself and 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 finding comfort and sleep and mm. creative spark 
and all that. I just, and most of all, I just appreciate the time. Really, you do. too. Thank you. But uh, thanks so much. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll be in touch with with Monica when this is this is coming out, and and uh, if we make it to Portland, I'd love to meet you if you want to come to a show or whatever. Absolutely, yeah. I would love to. I would absolutely. I think love sometime to. next year we should be out there. Okay. So perfect. I, right. I look forward to it. All right, Sam, have a great evening and and, and thank you again. Good night. All right, good night. Bye-bye. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Sam from the Bobby Lees. Uh, go check out her films. Go check out the band. Uh, if they're coming to an area near you, go see them live. Uh, just a really refreshing breath of fresh air in music. Um, I love when bands are just so real and raw and, and – uh, there's just something about it. You can't phone that shit in and, and they're really doing it. And, and that's why so many people are gravitating towards this band. I mean, if your A&R person essentially was Henry Rollins, like he's got his pretty good pulse on uh, what's real and raw in music. And uh, I would trust that as well. He's got an amazing radio show uh, as we talked about. And, and uh, Ipecac records has a great track record of releasing amazing bands. They've done it again. Uh, so go check out the new album Bellevue. Uh, I'm really, really excited for what we have coming up the rest of this year. Uh, we're definitely running ahead. We've got a lot of stuff in the can already gearing up for the 12 days of pure pleasure in December. Um, a lot of big guests coming on, uh, the rest of this year and into next. Um, I'm just stoked where we're at. You know, I just wrapped an episode with a buddy of mine, um, for his podcast and I'm just in the studio, uh, working away as I always am. And, uh, yeah, just feeling good. So I really appreciate you guys coming back week after week. Please show a friend or multiple friends the show if you like what you're hearing. Uh, definitely give us a rate and review on iTunes. Give us a rating on Spotify if that's where you're listening. But like I say, word of mouth is the best way to grow this show. So anyways, I'm going to get out of here. I've got tons to do. We're trying to get uh, some extra content stuff going on. So my workload is doubled. And so I, my time is extremely limited and, uh, but I just love doing this show and I'll continue to do that, uh, as long as you guys are listening. So, uh, as always guys, we'll see you on the radio.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.